Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. We're back here on Sports Talk on the Big 870. Mike Detail along with Charlie Long and on our Oakland Heart Jewelers talk and text line, Wilson Alexander, who covers the LSU Fighting Tigers football team for the Advocate Times-Picayune. Wilson, thanks so much for joining us, bud. How you been? I'm doing well, gentlemen. How are you tonight? Real good, real good. Okay, we talked about this um, probably last time we talked, maybe 10 days, 12 days ago. LSU got their their inside player with experience, so a Maryland transfer. Uh, you broke the story. Kind of give a little bit of a rundown uh, on the offensive lineman LSU picked up. He I remember he played tackle in high school, but he's been kicked inside to guard ever since he's been in, in college. Yes, Mason was visiting LSU this weekend at the last morning of that visit on Sunday. He signed uh, then after meeting with Brad Davis and Brian Kelly. He told me that he was really liked the culture at LSU and the um, sort of the, the fact that LSU feels like it's in championship contention this season. That really drew him down here in a lot of ways. And so now LSU has an interior lineman. He's at the college level only played guard, yep. uh, primarily left guard, um, and has never played center said that he would obviously try it if Brad Davis wants to cross-train him there, which Brad Davis is known to do. Um, and, you know, LSU has definitely got a competition brewing at center. And even though Charles Turner will miss spring practice uh, after as he recovers from a knee operation um, stemming from an injury last season, um, you know, Marlon Martinez is there and Charles is there. And so maybe Mason joins the fray uh, when he enrolls in the summer. Um, but certainly he adds uh, depth at guard and can compete at guard. Um, and LSU might not be done uh, in the transfer portal on the offensive line. Um, this is in a position that, you know, they've got some freshmen coming in who they really like, but there's just not a lot of proven depth. And those freshmen are going to have to, you know, they're going to have to kind of sort through that depth here and what they have in the spring um, and then maybe go back into the transfer portal after spring practice and see who else is in there. Wilson, also, uh, they got a couple of early commitments from uh, Ahmad Bro from Ruston, who had been a – I always thought that was sort of strange, Duke – uh, you know, man, uh, I haven't seen too many recruiters from Duke uh, football-wise in Louisiana, but they were able to get a commitment uh, from Ahmad, bro. And then once he decommitted and I knew he was going to take a visit to LSU, eh, easy call there. Uh, he committed. And that young man from Destrahan, man alive, uh, I got to see him play. He is unbelievable. Now, he's sort of a tall drink of water. Uh, doesn't have a lot of meat on the hoof. But when he fills out, you talk about a guy that can run. Uh, he played inside uh, for the Wildcats, but I think he could also play outside linebacker. 
uh, when they needed a pass rush, that's where they put him. <laughs> he he was unbelievable. And um, you know what? For a while, I'd been told, watch out for prime time. Prime is after him big with Colorado, and he also commits uh, to LSU. This was a big recruiting weekend for LSU as the dead period ended uh, in February, and they were finally able to get people on visits. And right before that, as I, really as that all started on Friday night, uh, collage commits, uh, and that's a big pickup for LSU in this class. And then Ahmad, yeah, as soon as, uh, as soon as that offer came, which came on the visit this weekend, it was probably clear that he, he was going to, you know, flip to the in-state team. And I don't think anybody can can blame him for that. And so, you know, I haven't dug too much into them as prospects and players just yet. But what is interesting now is that um, LSU has already got ten guys committed in this class, and that's uh, the most in the country, along with Georgia. Um, just to say, you know, at this time last year, LSU was still putting together that 2023 group. And obviously it's a huge advantage to be in year two um, because you can start to work ahead on things. And LSU is clearly doing that with a class that's already got 10 guys in it. You can sign as many as you want again this year, um, but that's a pretty high percentage already uh, on board, um, you know, well before we're even close to thinking about early signing periods. Wilson, I think one position that the last time we had you on, you talked about that you were interested in seeing during spring football was the cornerback position, something that Brian Kelly did last season where he just totally revamped it through a bunch of transfers. It seems like he's done it again with guys like Denver Harris, Zy Alexander, Deuce Chestnut, and J.K. Johnson. So what are your early opinions on those guys? Absolutely. Well, one thing to to note uh, is that Deuce Chestnut is going to miss spring practice uh, with an injury. He'll be back in the summer. Um, But even then – you know, there's a lot of interesting players here, and, and because of his experience uh, that he has coming over from Syracuse, I would expect that he'll be able to slide right back into you know preseason competition in the, over the summer. Um, but LSU's going to get a good look at the rest of them, um, and it's just a fascinating group because, um, especially without Deuce in it, you don't really have anybody who has fully established themselves at the FBS level. Uh, J.K. Johnson is, you know, started five games, and uh, Denver Harris started a couple games, and um, but nobody's played like a full entire season. Zy Alexander, they're high on coming over from Southeastern if he can make that jump to the FBS level, but again, he's got to make that jump. And even, you know, Brian Kelly told me today that to keep an eye on some of these freshmen, like J.V. and Toviano, and uh, yeah. some of the other you know, corners who they brought into this class, um, he thinks that they might have a chance to get on the field pretty early too. And so this is probably a competition that goes all the way into preseason camp. Um, and it's just going to be really interesting to watch it uh, play out. What about Welsh? Yeah, I mean, I think he's still in the mix. We haven't heard a whole lot about you know him. I think in some ways he's gotten overshadowed by just all these sort of new additions and new names and kind of this, you know that sort of shiny new objects, as it were. Um, and he's because he's been already been on campus for a year, but um, I think he's still you know right in the mix. You know, former four star. Played a lot on special teams last season. Uh, got a little bit of playing time at corner and some blowouts, but not much. And you know he'll have to. He's going to have a chance to see what, you know show what he can do as well um, come spring practice. Wilson, one of the things I'll, I'll, I'll take you up if you want to bet on it. Well, we see one of the tight ends emerge. Now I know you you got a stud. Okay, <laughs> he's freshman is going to see a lot of playing time. You know, Brian Kelly, the way he uses multiple tight ends, one of these three to four freshmen that he brought in, somebody's going to emerge from the pack here. Absolutely, and somebody has to because of those multiple tight end sets. They've got to have somebody come in as these freshmen. It is still also a possibility that LSU adds 
a transfer tight end with maybe you know a single year left because they don't want to bring in a tight end who's got multiple years left and over end up overshadowing some of these freshmen um, who they've just signed and they really really like. Um, as for betting on it, I'm not going to make a bet on that one because <laughs> it is uh, it's it's there's it's nobody too easy. You know, really clear. No. Well, Camorian Pimpton, of course, comes in the, in the summer. He's got a really impressive catch radius, and Brian Kelly has raved about his just raw athleticism. But can he do all the things that LC wants from an inline blocking perspective yet? We don't know. Sort of the same thing with Jackson McGohan, who's more of a pass catcher proven at the uh, high school level. He's got to show that he can block. And then Mac Markway is more of a blocker who hasn't he really has not played a whole lot in his high school career because of, um, you know, he tore his ACL and then LSU advised him to just not even play his senior year. And then there was a pandemic. He hasn't played much. And so um, there's, I don't want to place a bet on it because I, I think it's going to be impossible to, to project it out at this point. But what is interesting is that Markway and McGohan as early enrollees are going to get a ton of reps this spring because Mason Taylor's out as he recovers from shoulder surgery. Um, and, you know, still going to be fine in participating in the summer, but he's not going to practice this spring. And without any other tight ends on the roster who are on scholarship, McGohan um, and Mark Way are going to get a ton of reps. Wilson, another position that I wanted to ask you about was the running back spot. Last year it was like a running back by committee sort of thing. But uh, this upcoming – this in the 2023 recruiting class, they added Trey Holly and Caleb Jackson, two kind of highly sought-after running back prospects. Do you think those guys could maybe make an impact early on in their freshman season? I'm not sure, you know, because we have they haven't practiced yet, and um, this is a crowded running back room that is probably still going to be by committee. Um, you know, the LSU brings back Josh Williams and Noah Kane and John Emery, and then once he's healthy, Armani Goodwin will be out there too. And so that's six running backs on scholarship with no one who's really like a firm, clear-cut number one. You know, that's probably going to still be a rotation and using them, uh, try to fit them to their strengths. You know, with Noah Kane is pretty good in short yardage situations. And um, Josh Williams is so sort of slippery and, you know, it was really emerging last year. And Emory can be so explosive and so can Goodwin when he's healthy. And so, um, you know, they're going to have to try to overtake a lot of guys in front of them. And that might be difficult to do as freshmen. Um, but, you know, certainly count nobody out at this stage at all. And uh, we'll kind of see how it shakes out. But either way, you know, because of the numbers that LSU has, it's probably going to be by committee. And then, Wilson, you were talking earlier about the line play. Uh, a big defensive lineman, Mason Smith, who Tiger fans unfortunately got to see only about a couple snaps of last season. Is he going to be a non-contact participant in spring, tra- in spring football? Yes, he will be. He, he's going to get cleared uh, to do pretty much everything except contact here pretty soon. Um, and that's still, you know, a big advantage, you know, with him because he's coming off an ACL injury. To get to do some things during the spring is going to be really helpful. Um, but he'll be a non-contact guy um, and not able to get on that like fully, you know, yet and, and hit or anything like that as he comes off the ACL. But even that's really big for LSU because. Um, and we'll probably all talk about this more as we get further into spring. They want to be multiple on the defensive front and move these guys around um, into different shades. Um, and, and Mason is, is a big, big, big piece of that um, because of what the rush that he provides from the inside. So just to have him in some capacity is really helpful. The big question I have is how are they going to move Harold Perkins around? Because if you give me enough time on film and you kept in the same spot, I can figure out a way to sort of take away from you a little bit. I might not be able to stop you, but I can slow you. I'm interested to see how Kevin House does this with Harold Perkins and moving him around because 
I think that's the way. When you got a star player like that, you just can't keep him in one spot. You got to be able to keep moving the checker piece around. And because now you've got him really confused if he's lined up one time on the left, one time on the right, you're blitzing him up the middle. That's now we won't see a lot of that because man, if I'm house, I'm not showing nothing uh, in the spring. But how this is going to work out with a star player like Harold Perkins uh, when this all starts up in, in late August and in September? It will, it's going to be fascinating because LSU did some of that last year with him. You know, occasionally he was that spy linebacker, and then there was other plays where he was coming off the edge as sort of like a jack you know, defensive end. And then there was other times where he was just um, blitzing straight up the middle and not even, you know, waiting back as a spy. And that's probably part of what made it effective was because it was hard to predict. And LSU is now going to have to do that again because you don't ever want to get too stuck in your tendencies. Um, But, uh, you know, that's part of the reason, you know, to get further to the Mason Smith point is that with more of an inside pass rush, then teams have to account for Mason Smith and they can't fully account for Harold Perkins. Or if they try to account too much for Harold Perkins, you haven't put, you know, slid your protection toward Mason Smith, then he's going to cause havoc. And so that's kind of what you had last year, you know, with B.J. Ojolari and Harold. And you might have that again now with Harold and Mason Smith, assuming that Mason is, you know, full, fully healthy and back into his full form, you know, come week one as he's expected to be. Um, so, you know, and the other part about it, too, is Omar Spates, that inside linebacker, yeah. not, you know, might not have, while he might not have quite the same effect as like Mason would in terms of taking pressure off of, you know, Harold from an offensive lineman perspective, that he's versatile in what he can do. And so LSU is able to do a lot of different things um, with its defensive front and where it's putting guys and bringing pressure. And, you know, Matt House loves to do that. And he probably is going to have the personnel to do that. Um, but LSU is going to find out more as they get further into the spring about exactly what these, this group is capable of doing. Wilson, one of the guys that, um, man, I want to keep a close eye on because I think he's got to come through this year for LSU. And that's Sage Ryan. He comes, you know, he's a five-star recruit. He had to beat out Alabama for his services. Um, He's seen some playing time, but it's not been a whole lot. And playing that critical inside slot corner spot, man, Greg Williams told me this years ago, okay, keys for defense, get me a pass rusher, get me a cover corner, slot cover corner guy. Because you know what? They're going to figure out a way to stick their best receiver inside, and he's going to have to guard them sometimes. I'm interested to watch the development of Sage Ryan. I am as well. That's somebody who I circled as kind of like a returning player who's got a really a lot to gain uh, this spring, and is it's kind of a pivotal moment for him because you know he, like you said, he's he's gotten some playing time. He was in the rotation last year. You know, made a couple of plays here and there. Um, but, you know, had some guys in front of him, and he hasn't quite met the expectations of what you would have for a five-star recruit. You know, his natural – his career progression has been, I think, probably normal for most people, but just not somebody who was a top 30 player in the country. And so you'd kind of expect him to be maybe a little bit further along at this point. And he's going to have, you know, the chance here in the spring um, to to see if if he's capable of doing that. Because, yeah, teams so often these days put their best receiver in the slot, especially if they're fast. And Sage, if he's playing there, is going to have to cover that. Um, so he's somebody who a lot of people are going to have eyes on in the spring. Last question for you, Shelton Sampson, uh, because if there's one guy, you know, you, you hear it all the time about, man, that freshman, and he's playing a position that I think you can come in and make a pretty quick impact in today's world. I do think seven on seven has kind of, you know, given you so many different opportunities to play pitch and catch uh, in this game, but 
man, Samson, when you watch him and he's healthy, I mean, he's a tilt-the-field player at wide receiver. I want to see just how quickly he can maybe make an impact on this team that has some spots there for him. Yeah, the, you know, the receiver, you've got the star with Malik Neighbors. You've got probably your number two with Brian Thomas. He just needs to take kind of that next step um, in, in his career. Um, but even then, you've got an op- a third spot that's open, and you've got a whole bunch of receivers jockeying for that, as well as just because of what else he does as a receiver, it's going to rotate. So even if you're not that number one or that number two, even if you're number four or five, you're going to get on the field. And so there's t- t- opportunity for any number of guys, whether it's Chris Hilton, Kyron Lacey, Shelton Sampson, another freshman, Jalen Brown, who has some really uh, take the top off the defense speed. Um, they're going to have a, you know, a shot to get on the field and show that they can do it or not. You know, Shelton is going to be a little bit beh- further behind because he doesn't get here until the summer. Um, Jalen Brown's already on campus. And um, some of these other, you know, Kyle Parker, some of these other uh, players are, are already here, um, and as well as, of course, all the returning guys at receiver. Um, but Shelton, if he's, you know, can play uh, the way I think we've seen him be able to do so, then maybe he'll be able to push pretty, pretty quickly. But we'll have to see come preseason camp. Wilson, thanks so much for joining us this afternoon. Always our pleasure to have you on. Always insightful, and uh, we enjoy, it, brother. Thanks so much. Keep up the great work. Hey. Appreciate y'all. Thanks for having me on. Have a great night. All righty. Wilson Alexander covers the LSU Fighting Tigers for the Baton Rouge Advocate Times-Picayune. We'll be back with more sports talk here on the Big 870. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.